Young Academy Groningen presents Humans of Rug. Hi, my name is Karen Housing. I'm the PhD psychologist at the Rug. Humans of the University of Groningen. My name is Tom Modderman. I work as an occupational and organizational expert at the Department of Health and Safety. Humans, Humans of Rug. Your hosts, Hanna Vallo. Hi. And Marcus Gibranch. Hi. Well, great to have you here. So, um, thank you. We actually wanted to start asking you, like, what do you exactly do at the university? That's always a very good question to start with. Um, <laughs> uh, I, my job has two roles. Uh, I think on one hand, I contribute to policies that uh, concern the, the health of the staff members of the university. Uh, and on the other hand, I supervise how those uh, how the university is uh, is uh, treating their employees um, if they're providing a good, safe, and healthy uh, work environment. Nice, and uh, you, Karen? Um Yeah, well, I provide uh, different courses and workshops for PhD students at the university. Um, but I'm also part of a bigger project called Mental Wellbeing for PhDs. Can you say a little bit about that project? Yes, it's a project that started uh, two years ago, so it's almost uh, finished now uh, as a pilot, but we will go on with the program. Um, so the well-being survey among PhD students was done in 2018 for the first time. And uh, the results were as alarming as they were in uh, <laughs> University Utrecht and uh, Leuven in Belgium. So 42% of the PhD students suffer from an unhealthy level of stress. So then uh, a bigger project group decided to uh, propose some measures to the board of the university. And um, sorry, PhD psychologists is part of that, but there are also PhD counselors. So one is full time at the UMCG and uh, the other is at the Faculty of Science and Engineering. Um, but there is also um, preventative measures. So, you know, if you uh, discover that uh, PhD students suffer from a high level of stress, you can learn them how to deal with the stress. <laughs> but you could also look at what causes this stress mm -hmm. and can we do something about that? Nice. Uh, well, you, you uh, told us what do you do, but how does uh, a, a standard day in your job looks like? Um, well, today, for example, I first did, uh, I first see my colleagues at nine. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> That's very important. So yeah. every day we see each other for 15 minutes um, and we are five or six colleagues and we just talk about uh, nonsense, really. <laughs> you know? you're, you're all psychologists? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> and um, so we installed that actually two weeks after the first lockdown and we still do that. So because we work at home partly, we don't see each other every day mm -hmm. and sometimes we don't have time to have a chat and um, this works really well. So that's what I did first and then at 10 I had the introductory and that's a three-day event online now for uh, first-year PhD students. Mm -hmm. So I tell them about the whole PhD support system and where they can find help. And then this afternoon I was going to give the second uh, session of a course uh, stop procrastinating. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, very important. I yeah. think, uh, Useful for all, many uh, of us. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But uh, because of the uh, COVID situation, we decided, because the first one was live, but this was online. Mm -hmm. And, um, well, be, uh, besides that, I have a lot of meetings and, um, yeah, mm. and also workshops uh, for PhD councils. Yeah. But these meetings also with PhD students on yeah. a one-on-one uh, basis or? Yes, or colleagues. So I see the PhD counselors every two weeks, mm -hmm. but also um, the colleagues of Ton Modeman, <laughs> uh, so the occupational social workers and um, um, uh, people from HR mm -hmm. who are developing courses for supervisors. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah nice. <laughs> and, uh, and for you, Tom? Yeah, a lot of meetings as well. Uh, I think that's almost standard for all the support staff at the university. Uh, but today I was uh, occupied with uh, uh, the planning of the new uh, employee survey, uh, which we want to uh, 
um, uh, due in 2022. And uh, what does this uh, entail? Well, or you can say no. Yeah, we can, no. Of course, I can tell you. Uh, uh, I think every two, two and a half years, we uh, try to do a, a university-wide survey, uh, which uh, measures staff um, uh, happiness in general, mm-hmm. uh, uh, but also uh, work stress levels, uh, social safety. Um, uh, well, we want to include uh, diversity as a an inclusion uh, as a factor this time. Uh, and that's a very long traje- trajectory where we have to find a business partner who can perform it, uh, the employee survey for us. Uh, but also uh, we have to discuss uh, with a lot of people within the university what the survey will actually look like. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so that's not just uh, staff members, but also uh, the board of directors, uh, the board members of every faculty, uh, the um, university council, etc. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's that kept me busy all day today. Uh-huh. <laughs> and now uh, recording a podcast. And now recording <laughs> podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I was working from home as well uh, since uh, that. Well, since it is mandatory from uh, last yeah. week. Yeah. Yeah. So it was nice to cycle here. <laughs> yeah, it definitely was. <laughs> bit Get of exercise. A, yeah, a bit yeah. of fresh air. <laughs> If I'm correct, uh, you both studied psychology, right? Yes, we yeah. did. Yeah, yeah. B- both maybe a different sub-discipline. I did uh, organizational psychology here at the University of Groningen. Yes, I did clinical psychology. And did you ever imagine ending up in the position you are in now? <laughs> no, not at all. I started out as a teacher, um, and I enjoyed that very much. Uh, What did you teach? I taught uh, nurses, Habi Ofei, um, about psychiatry, about uh, different psychological methods and also communication or bedside manners, as I called it. <laughs> um, I really enjoyed it, um, but it was also, you know, I talk a lot to PhD students about imposter syndrome. Well, that's what I had uh, the first year. I was 26. Uh, the people I had to teach were about 40 because they did the part-time uh, uh, course. so um, But it was in Leeuwarden, and I didn't want to live there. So <laughs> I decided to apply here. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then you applied at the Student Service Center, or how did it work? Yes, I applied at the Student Service Center as not as a student psychologist for individual counseling, but for uh, courses and training, because I really like working with groups. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yes. Yeah. Nice. And you, Tom? Well, it's funny. After my studies, I started working in Leeuwarden as well. <laughs> I remained <laughs> here in Groningen. Uh, but I worked as an organizational psychologist at a small firm uh, there where we, well, we assisted small, smaller companies, smaller businesses in um, all kinds of HR-related issues. Uh, and after a while, I think after about six or seven years, I got a little bit bored <laughs> with that <laughs> and um, uh, well I didn't have the, the, I didn't have it in mind to go back to the university but um, the, the complexity of the organization uh, seemed very interesting and I think it's still very interesting it also has its drawbacks but um, yeah that's what that was the reason to uh, uh, to go back to the to the university mm-hmm. and it has been very nice so far even uh, uh, meeting Uh, with my former professors again, and now co- cooperating <laughs> on mm-hmm. uh, some projects with them, yeah. And uh, how how is it? Uh, how does the university compare with uh, with like working outside? It, it's for me, it's very different. Uh, I think mainly because uh, this is such an international environment, uh, and uh, if you're doing any other type of job in the north of the Netherlands, uh, you will mainly see. Uh, people from here, <laughs> uh, so that makes it much more interesting and complex as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think the 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 way the university is is governed uh, with uh, all these uh, like the board and then all the faculties and service units and then uh, so many people who uh, have an opinion on how things are going that um, that is very interesting as well. Mm-hmm. My job <laughs> can also make it very difficult. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but so far I really like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a bit more political maybe, but uh, it, yeah, that's it has its attractions. Yeah. 
And how is it, kind uh, of, because you also worked uh, there in Leeuwarden for for a few years. And, yeah. Uh, how does it compare uh, to here? Well, I think that's not a big difference because I I have been working with students. Yeah. All my career, right? Um, so, and that's also very interesting because I saw different generations come, right? Mm -hmm. um, but what I didn't enjoy as much in the end uh, was preparing lectures and the administration that goes mm -hmm. <laughs> with being a teacher. <laughs> so grading. Um, and um, I really enjoy that people come to the courses and workshops that I give because they want to learn something about themselves. So... I enjoy uh, this job a lot. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, well, I work at UMCG and, and uh, well, maybe the university or at least the UMCG is one of the main research aims is uh, healthy aging. And so we were basically wondering, like, how do we take care of our own health at the university? So, um, yeah. Can you say something about that, uh, Ton? Uh Yeah, that's a very broad question. Uh, how do we take care of our own health? Um, I think sometimes we, at the university, we really focus on um, all the individual help that uh, some people might need or that you can get. Uh, while and and we sometimes forget that in general we just need uh, well that we we mainly need good managers and good supervisors. And if we have good managers and good supervisors then a lot of the additional help and support is maybe not uh, as necessary as it is today. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> interesting. A bit of a statement. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, but I think that that's that's really one of the key issues uh, uh, at the university where, uh, well, a lot of people experience difficulties with their direct manager, and that's where my colleagues and uh, Karen's colleagues have to step in. Mm. And so you now you're referring... Uh, to mental well-being, mental health, I yeah, think. Yeah, mainly, because yeah. I think physically, in general, uh, people at the university are doing quite well. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, we have a very young population, so mm -hmm. that helps. And uh, highly educated, that helps as well. Um, and I think the university is, when, when, when something like, uh, for example, we want to ban smoking, uh, then the university is one of the first to adopt that policy and mm -hmm. make sure that really hard for employees to uh, to smoke yeah um but so yeah in in i think at the department of health and safety all my co-workers they generally help people with some sort of uh, uh request for mental uh help or mental uh, with a mental health issue uh and and well of course people fall ill and take sick leave because of other reasons but Uh, in general, the majority of the staff members who are sick uh, are because of some mental issue. Yeah. But you also keep track of the the physical uh, health that people are exercising properly, is going out. Or, uh well, I think a lot is offered. Yeah, at the university. I mean, you can do so many things. Um, uh, do sports uh, with. Uh, um, At ACLO? And the, yeah, at the ACLO. Uh, there is a balance program with all kinds of different activities. Uh, you can do a health check uh, mm -hmm. at, at my department where um, they will just measure your heart rate, your cholesterol, uh, and so some basic checks, but mm -hmm. uh, they can inform you on how you're doing health-wise. Um, and that, well, people use that a lot, uh, but I think it's, it's, yeah, we're almost at, Uh, I think we yeah we we do quite a lot mm -hmm. uh, in that uh, uh, aspect yeah. yeah. Do you um, recognize or uh, uh, what what Ton is saying about uh, health issues? Um, as as an employee, you mean? Well, <laughs> no, maybe from your work with students. Um, yes, I think the the systems are quite separated. So um, the health safety uh, department uh, takes care of the employees. And the student service center takes care of the students. Um, the only, actually, the only part where we work together is on PhD students. So mm -hmm. that's interesting. Um, yes, and I do recognize that. I think, um, you know, the, the stories that I hear are about, you know, if it is about physical um, uh, health, is that sometimes people suffer from certain chronic diseases. 
So that makes it harder for them to work full time or they need adjustments or that kind of thing. But of course, being a psychologist, my main <laughs> interest is in mental health. Yeah. And I think in, in general, in every employee survey, we also all the time ask, uh, how are you f feeling physically? Are you fit? And in general, people give that a very high score at the university. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's usually not the focus of uh, <laughs> of our work. Yeah. No, oh, that's good to know. Yeah. <laughs> you said something like, um, well, you know, um, there's a lot of prevention uh, activities that we do. Uh, for mental health, mental well-being. Mm -hmm. So how, what kind of activities are these? Yeah, uh, I'm not sure. I think the, uh, on the, when it comes to prevention, um, we do a lot on the physical side, um, but maybe not so much on the uh, mental side. I'm, I'm not talking about the students. <laughs> uh, for the employees. For the employees, yeah. yeah. I think we... we we uh, would like to do more but there is i think in general it's um easier to well if everything comes down to money then it's easier to get money to uh for curative purposes so mm -hmm. if somebody is already at home and sick then we really like to help them and get people back on their feet and get them working again and sometimes it's really hard to make sure that everyone understands that you have to do the prevention as well yeah do the prevention as well and invest in people uh before they uh come to that point where they uh, can no longer mm -hmm. uh, do their work properly but i guess there's also a cultural issue i mean uh, now uh, we can see also how different countries deal with a pandemic for example uh, even germany which has a somewhat similar culture uh background as, as the netherlands uh, you see that they're way more focused on the on the prevention side, also in the their uh, yearly checkups. Uh, as you get older, that uh, the Dutch uh, usually don't do. Yeah, right? yeah. And uh, I think that's also uh, uh, something that uh, yeah ne perhaps needs to be tackled as well. Yeah, but I, th I think most people at the university are convinced that in the end, taking preventative measures is better than uh, curing afterwards. Uh, But it's just, I mean, most of my coworkers are just occupied all week mm -hmm. uh, with taking care of those who are already uh, ill in some way. Uh, so it's, it's if, if you want to take prevention seriously, you have to set up new things. And of course, we, we try to do that. And, and uh, we also offer opportunities for healthy uh, staff members to uh, come to the health and safety department. For example, that's... I, Well, when I went here, I thought at least I want to get one message out. <laughs> that is, you don't have to be sick or you don't have to uh, be uh, ill to uh, go to the uh, occupational health physician or the occupational social worker. They have an open consultation hour where you can just discuss your own situation. And that is, I think, some something that's so important but is easily forgotten. I think a lot of managers don't even know that this is an option um but mm -hmm. we well we always seem to be focusing on uh well just continuing your work going on with everything you're doing and then waiting for yeah uh, well exactly the moment. yeah, yeah. With, because i think what you say about the occupational social workers for example that they are too busy taking care of the people who are already sick uh that is also true for all um employees of the university right So they are so busy um, that it doesn't, you know, come up to, to uh, take coaching or uh, do a workshop on, uh, you know, work-life balance or mm -hmm. whatever. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a problem. And um, I think it should be more part of the culture, the working culture, to take that seriously. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah it's really hard for a lot of people to make time during the day. Uh, for example, there is this balance program. It offers like mindfulness course, which is very beneficial uh, for everyone. I'd say. <laughs> for everything. Uh, yeah, for <laughs> everything. Uh, and we see that a lot of the support staff uh, is going there because they have the, the uh, freedom or the autonomy in their working day to just plan uh, mm -hmm. to go away for 45 minutes and do the mindfulness course. Uh, and a lot of the academic staff have all sorts of uh, obligations 
giving lectures, other things that they just can't get away from easily. Um, and yeah, I think that's a, that's it's it's a it's maybe inherent in uh, mm. in uh, to what they do, but um, it's a shame. Yeah. yeah. What do you both think are the sort of major risk factors um, when you work or as a PhD student or an employee at the university for your mental health or well-being? Well, I would say, um, well, different factors, actually. Um, you know, in general, you could say that um, the danger of getting to uh, the phase where you really are burned out is uh, not so much that you work hard, um, but the problem is that people don't rest enough. So it's okay to work hard, um, but because of the... Uh, changes in society, because this is not just a problem at the university, right? It's a societal problem. So people are always online, always have all this information coming in, um, in the evening, in the weekends, you can read your email on your phone. Um, that never used to be. So people are um, always active in that sense. And it is very important if you do have a job where you work hard, that you really relax in the evenings or in the weekends and do other things. So I think that's one uh, factor. Um, in general, you could say that having autonomy and um, the uh, space to decide for yourself how you um, do your job and um, have choices in that is very important to be in control. Um, and of course, for some positions in the university, that is a bit harder than for others. Um, and I also think that the competitive environment, um, the high work pressure is contributing to being at risk, you know, of being overstrung or, yeah. Yeah, I think that especially the last uh, thing you mentioned, uh, the competitive work environment, that is, I think, very particular to a university. Um, the university itself is competing against other universities. There are lots of rankings where we want to perform very well. Uh, and this is also reflected in, I think, uh, uh, maybe you as well. <laughs> <laughs> you both uh, uh, in, in the staff that we uh, attract. Um, they want to be uh, maybe the best even in their field. And that, um, yeah, I think that in, sort of creates, uh, no, let's say it this way, I think, in a way, bad behavior is rewarded at the university. So uh, working really hard, really, really, really hard is in the end of very often rewarded by a promotion or by um, um, getting uh, funding or a prize and not taking a holiday is rewarded because then you work harder than everyone else. And Although I, I sometimes <coughs> think like that there is a sort of a trade-off because at some point if you work so much and so much and you... You don't rest anymore, etc. Then it may also um, you can't produce as much, right? Exactly, uh, and maybe yeah. your creativity yeah. goes down and your ability to solve very complex uh, problems. So, uh, for a scientist, uh, I wonder if that's yeah, if you're exactly. right in like if if working more and more and more is in the end really beneficial for your. That, no, I fully agree, but I think in uh, maybe we are also in in the system that that we have, we are selecting. Uh, scientists that that are able to uh, live up to the expectations that that the university has that everyone has uh, of them and well maybe if you're not that emotionally stable or uh, then then it's really hard to uh, have a have a great career at, at the University of Groningen even though you might be a great lecturer or a very brilliant scientist mm. yes and I think also being assertive right because Um, I think Hannah is right. In order to be a good scientist, of course, you need uh, space for creativity and you need to rest uh, when you need it. But in an environment where uh, this competition is so high, it is sometimes hard to say no, right? That's mm -hmm. right. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think, um, you know, research also shows that a safe environment is a sort of um, precondition for being able to learn, right? And when the environment is not safe because you have to compete against others, um, I don't think that's good for your mental health. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but that, 
but that's also intrinsic from uh, the academic uh, environment, yes. right? Uh, yeah. That the competition is there because there are so few spots available uh, mm-hmm. yeah. as you progress in a career. So that's, yeah, exactly. it, it's difficult to tackle, I guess. Yeah. And what I also wondered, uh, the thing that you said uh, before, Ton, <coughs> is uh, that also having good managers and good supervisors would help. Um, and um, yeah, how... How come? Well, in in general, I think it's the same for uh, for uh, Karen. But um, for example, the uh, the occupational social workers, I think the most people they see have some sort of conflict or issue with uh, the manager or supervisor. Generally, it, uh, they're young people, young scientists, um, <clears throat> and I think that. Um, yeah, that has to do with the fact that we, well, we, we I think nowadays we, we train our supervisors, so we give them uh, good training on what it is to be a, a great manager. But in the end, they are also still in the system of um, uh, uh, having, well, uh, w- wanting that personal growth, that, that career growth. Um, so very often being a manager is not their primary focus or maybe not even the secondary or tertiary focus. Uh, uh, and I, I don't think a lot of people are intentionally bad managers, <laughs> but it's it's something that uh, that happens if if mm-hmm. it's not yeah if it's not your main interest uh, to be a good manager. Um, and well, ne- for example, the, uh, neglecting um, people who are uh, suffering from all kinds of mental problems. Yeah, that that's something that that we see a lot at the at the department. Yeah. With detrimental results, yeah. I was wondering because we are now well, we we talk uh, about uh, the the employees and the, the PhD students, uh, and you, you discussed a little bit also in a yeah comparison of the different problems, right? That uh, that both uh, the academic staff and the support staff. Uh, do you have contacts also with uh, like masters and bachelor students, and uh, know how that uh, compares? With the well, I have been a student psychologist, of course, for more than 20 years. Um, and I still work um, at the student support center, so I hear a lot. Um, well, I think um, there has been a, a change in the generations uh, that I've seen. Um, so I remember, I think about 10 or 12 years ago, I came back from my summer holiday and I was giving a course. And uh, the students were there and they suddenly all had a bottle of water in front of them. So I said to them, where did you get this? Is someone handing it out outside? And they said, no, we we, uh, took it from home. I thought, oh, well, (laughs) never seen that before. Um, And that was the start of a generation who was suddenly obsessed with health. Mm -hmm. Right. So I call it the blueberry brigade. Um, (laughs) uh, So... Uh, suddenly, uh, students stopped drinking and smoking and started eating blueberries and avocados <laughs> and um, doing sports all the time. And um, uh, this is part of a whole change, right? Mm-hmm. This is also to do with social media and yeah. um, being very much focused on uh, the individual. And um, I think before, um, students just wanted to have a good time and uh, studying was annoying. <laughs> And uh, of course, they also enjoyed it. But most of our um, courses were aimed at uh, solving procrastination, right? Mm -hmm. And now it's much more on um, preventing burnout, fear of failure, perfectionism. So there is a whole generation now who is focused on achieving as much as they can. And uh, students, of course, with the new system of uh, loaning money and making debts, Mm -hmm. Uh, that's not contributing. So that came after that even. So now they are super stressed because they have to perform very well in very short period. And they also have to do things uh, besides that, being in committees, um, sometimes having a job because of the finances. So there is a lot of pressure Mm -hmm. on this generation. Yeah. And I think you you see that for the university as a whole, that um, the, the... the staff members and the students are demanding more and more from the university. I mean, we saw it 
this summer with the the housing crisis. Um, this was, I think, the, well, it has been an issue before, but it was the first time that students just say, well, if you invite us from wherever in the world to Groningen, then you need to provide us with housing. And we see that with, with every aspect. Um, recently in the University Council, it's um, they've been talking about <clears throat> how the university can help uh, the student community um, reducing uh, um, sexual unwanted behaviors, um, which which are not happening on the university, but outside of the university, outside of uh, university hours. Um, but I think the other it's it's that sort of a societal shift. I think where well we um, everyone thinks that the university should should be accountable to a lot of um, events or, or uh, things that are happening in, in the lives of uh, their staff members and, uh, and the students. And uh, that's uh, something I am still adapting to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's the course that we are heading. Uh, uh, for example, in, in our department, it, it, um, we got the message that there is going to be an alcohol policy uh, within the university. Uh, it's and. I thought, well, who came up with this? And it's actually mandatory. The government said every mm-hmm. school in the Netherlands needs to have an alcohol policy. And what is this policy? Well, they want you to describe how you um, uh, are dealing with uh, staff members or students who have an issue with uh, alcohol and how you uh, think or how you want that uh, the use of alcohol is, um, how, how people use alcohol within uh the school in this case so basically if it's still around to allow to have christmas drinks exactly (laughs) that's that's where we're heading yeah yeah yeah. and it's i mean it it always has a basis in uh people having issues uh, Mm. with do you think it's a good thing or i'm i'm not sure i think it's it's really hard to say it's not a good thing but that's because there is always a reason why uh, uh this is coming up so there are people struggling with alcohol use or alcohol abuse um, but it's also a direction where we, where I'm afraid that at some point the university can deliver uh, anymore mm. what what everyone's expecting. Um, yeah, that's that's. Yeah, this is an interesting point because um, I think this also comes from this idea of the makeable society that you can control everything, right? And that's another issue I think that causes a lot of uh, stress for uh, young people. Um, because the message is that you can um, control your life. You just have to make the perfect choices because you can do everything. You can become anything you want. That's the message. Younger generations never got got that message, right? And um, the more choices there are, the more people paralyze, right? And um, I think this is also part of that whole concept that we have now in society. So this is not just university. Mm that you can control everything. And um, I think that's not true. I mean, life happens and shit happens. <laughs> and uh, I think this whole concept of um, trying to prevent everything or trying to uh, control everyone um, is also something of a dangerous way to go forward. Yeah, yeah I fully agree. Maybe a little bit of an utopia. Yeah. <laughs> Tom, you you mentioned about uh, uh, that you worked before in a in a company, right? In a, or for a company in. A, and uh, usually in companies you have this well psychological evaluation before you're hired, mm-hmm. right? And I think the university does not have that, as as far as I know. Uh, no, we I think in general we don't. Sometimes the university does it as well for certain positions, but it's uh, uh, that's an exception. Uh, uh, in the firm where I used to work, we we did that for other companies, mm-hmm. so we used duty assessments. Uh, so I really see the value of them. Um, but I think you're asking or aiming at, do we need to... Yeah, uh, what's your view on that? Yeah, if, I'm not sure if, we, if, we, if, if that's really helpful if we're going to assess everyone who's uh, going to work here. Because in, 
generally in an assessment you're looking for um, a few um, like general uh, characteristics in people, so high stability, uh, high mm -hmm. conscientiousness. Uh, and if someone has that, maybe a little bit of creativity as well for the university, mm -hmm. but if someone has that, then you're, you can expect it that he or she is going to perform well in the, yeah. in the job. Um, uh, and I think if we would uh, do assessments with, for example, new uh, PhDs or, or new assistant professors, uh, and, and we would pick out everyone who is not meeting our requirements, so if we uh, would eliminate them from the procedure, then we're not changing the right thing, mm -hmm. I think, in the university. Then we're just uh, adapting uh, in a way that we only hire the people who are able to survive in yeah. this environment, and we're not doing anything about the environment. That's And then uh, the, the system is capped for uh, yeah, forever. <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like... It, you said it at first uh, as well, Karen, but it's like if, if you walk on the street and there's debris falling from a house and you're handing out helmets uh, <laughs> instead of <laughs> going up the roof and yeah. checking what's going on there, yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm afraid if we would start doing assessments, then, mm -hmm. then yeah, we would filter out people that potentially are very uh, uh, skilled, very uh, talented. Um, yes, and, and also and, diverse, right? Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. What does it to diversity? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think an assessment could be could be a good idea if you look at is there a match with the job, mm -hmm. because sometimes people are unhappy in the work that they do. Um, but uh, assessing, like uh, Tom just uh, said, no, doesn't seem like a good idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah but there's some sort of assessment. Uh, do you agree uh, with that that we should and, uh, well, I and think how uh, how should uh, the the supervisor if they're they're hiring a phd student for example how exactly. should they uh, learn uh on how to assess right uh, what 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 would be the best procedure there um well i think especially with phd students it might be beneficial but then only to see if there is a match with the job if the phd student is conscious of what it takes to do a phd because a lot of students are asked by their supervisor during their masters right mm -hmm. and they feel very honored and they think, oh, that's nice. I don't have to apply for a job. I know this already. So let's do this. I have a safe job for four years. Exactly. Then, so yeah. after six months, they are deeply unhappy because they have to sit behind the computer all, all day, mm -hmm. um, for example, yeah. <laughs> or whatever. Um, but I think it's good to pause there and to really see, you know, to tell the PhD student what it entails, maybe... Um, give him a day where he can um, uh, go around you know, the lab. And, and also join another PhD student who is already working there so to get a good idea of what it entails. So that would be the focus, mm -hmm. I think. That would be more like a development assessment where you yeah. just look at how someone uh, is uh, from a personality standpoint <clears throat> and then you also have to provide coaching in some so of some sort yeah, exactly. on the job. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, but would. also having a clear picture of what it entails, whether it could make you happy. Mm -hmm. I think that's important. I think that for every job is important, right? Yeah. To, to know what to expect uh, from your job. Yeah, to, uh, exactly. And and of course, everyone has a career where you do different things, right? And you find out, oh, this match is better than uh, the other job. So that's okay. But um, I do see a lot of PhD students because it's directly after their master's who choose to do that and don't really have a good idea of what it mm -hmm. entails. But I think outside academia, not many people remained in their first job for four years. That's sorry. Yeah. Uh, that's not well, maybe lucky. not anymore. Not anymore. No, <laughs> no, no. no, no. <laughs> what about your own uh, work environments? How healthy is, um, is it? Well, <laughs> <laughs> we, we do everything that is uh, uh, mandatory by law. <laughs> And uh, I think, uh, well, at, at the, my department, there is a very, in general, there is a very healthy uh, work environment because we all are, I think, very aware of the fact that uh, it can go very wrong. Um, now, I must say that recently um, uh, we had a few people who um, uh, got sick um, and that had to do with the high work pressure. Uh, I think during COVID, um, lots of people were working from home 
people who were used to uh, go to the office every day, meet a lot of different people, and suddenly they had to do everything from a room in their house through Google Meet, and uh, they found it very hard to cope with that. So all the all the nice and sparkly parts of your work were gone <laughs> suddenly, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, I think that uh, was was that hasn't been great for for some. Um, but in in general, I would say that it's a it's a very safe uh, work environment. And personally, I've uh, in my job, I like I go everywhere around the university, and most of the uh, places where I go, I see very nice and friendly and healthy <laughs> work environment. Well, what are the the good practices in your eyes? What are good practices like at your department, or uh, what do you do to make it healthy? Mm. I think we uh, have a good balance between uh, uh, work and not well, well. We don't plan our day for eight hours straight. In uh, well, we don't plan meetings for eight hours straight. Let's uh, say it that way. So there's always a moment in the day where, where you can just uh, do other things that are still lying around, or just go to. Uh, someone else um, uh, and have a cup of coffee and discuss something. Uh, I think uh, in generally the support stuff at the university <coughs> is uh, uh, too much in, in meetings. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. and, and I think at, at my department we have quite a good balance that, yeah, I can suggest that to everyone. It's not really helpful to uh, spend your day behind the screen or in, even when it's a live meeting, it's it's just... Yeah, no, it's not very helpful. Yeah. <laughs> you I don't know how healthy is your uh, work work environment. <laughs> well, I think um, the fact that I've been there for so long also says something about the team that we have, and um, I think it's a really lovely uh, place to work. Mm-hmm. Um, some of my colleagues have even become, you know, sort of friends. Uh, we talk to each other a lot. Um, lots of people work there for a longer time. So it's a team in total of about 26 people, uh, but we have three different groups. Um, um, We don't have many meetings, I think, but we have small groups that work together on projects. Um, I think one of the things that I said earlier that it's so important to have control of your own career is something that we really have. So if I'm interested in something, so this um, opportunity that was given to me, um, because I'd been working with PhD students for a long time, but next to my job as a student psychologist, but now I can do this full time and I can do this whole project and I really enjoy mm-hmm. it. And so there is always opportunity to do schooling or uh, follow a course or you know tr- work together with a few colleagues on a certain project. To always keep the challenge uh, there. Yeah, and always developing yourself. Yeah, Yeah. I really enjoy that. And I also also think we have a good work-life balance. So there are periods when it's very busy, um, but then there is a period where you have some more time to develop things. or Yeah, yeah. and to rest uh, your your mind a little bit (laughs) as well. I I want to like to add that as well for the um, day, so for the health and safety department. (laughs) In general, uh, most of us work part-time. And uh, so even when it's very busy and we have to do some overtime, there's always that extra day or that extra day once every two weeks where you can just, um, well, relax and (laughs) do your own things. Yeah, that's that's good. That's something I think most people should should do if the possibility is there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I had a a question because you you mentioned, well, I get the opportunity to go uh, through every uh, part of the university right and i think the same uh, the same for Karen. i've yeah. seen uh, all the the phd students from everywhere and uh, i can imagine that there is quite a cultural difference from the different faculties uh do you see like the healthier faculties and the maybe <laughs> not so uh, you, you want the so gossip yeah. <laughs> wow that's um no i couldn't say that that well, for example, there. Um, this is not a secret. Like at the, at the arts faculty, money is an issue, <clears throat> so that's uh, that that puts a lot of strain on a lot of people because there are many people who want a career in mm-hmm. the arts faculty, but only a few can have that. So that's yeah, that's 
that really um, that's a really big difference from, for example, the science and engineering faculty, where lots of people are in tenure track and eventually will become uh, uh, professors. Yeah, that is that is different. But in general, uh, I think you you're not able to say that one faculty is more healthy uh, mm-hmm. than the other one. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go. <laughs> I wouldn't go there. <laughs> No, I don't think so. I, the UMCG is different. I think that's, um, you know, they have a different uh, way of working, different organization. Um, of course, taking care of patients is that, you know, is, is part of the whole culture. So, um, but every faculty has its own uh, culture and, and um, way of doing things um, and atmosphere as well. But I think in, in it depends really, as uh, Tom also said, uh, um, it depends on the um, the managing um, mm-hmm. and the supervisors. If people feel, uh, you know, relaxed or um, able to do the things that they want to do. So is there a, a, an unhealthy habit that you would like to get rid of yourself? Oh, dear. Well, um Since uh, the lockdown measures, and they are coming back now, right? So I can still do uh, workshops, um, fortunately, but I work at home uh, more uh, than before. And I always advise all my PhD students to take a walk (laughs) during lunch. I never do that. (laughs) So I'm just sitting behind my computer and at the end of the day, my shoulders are all, you know, um, painful. Uh, because of the typing and um, sitting. Uh, so, yes, I would really like to go outside more. <laughs> yeah, <it's, clears throat> I think I'm happy this is a podcast. I gained five kilos in the last year. <laughs> <laughs> But just sitting at home and eating and not cycling to work. I work. I, I live 15 kilometers north of Groningen, so I used to cycle every day back and forth, 30 kilometers, with an e-bike, I must confess. But But still, that's yeah. over an hour of exercise. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm not doing that, and the, the effects are immediate. <laughs> yeah. I, I Hard have, to reverse. I have exactly <laughs> the same problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, so I think yeah, it, it just exercise during the workday is so important for feeling confident, feeling yeah. fit, feeling happy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's why we were so happy to come here because yeah. we had to <laughs> exactly. cycle to the UCG. <laughs> we're happy that you came here. <laughs> Um, there is also something that I would like to ask you two, because you're both assistant professors, right? So if we talk about a healthy uh, climate in the workplace for mental health, what would you say is needed? I think, uh, well, one uh, one problem that we, we touched upon was really the, the budget issue, right? That does put a lot of uh, pressure uh, in all levels. I think that that is a problem that should be addressed uh by by the government uh and we should make them accountable for for that i mean if they want to have more students uh and uh then they hire more attendant trackers but then there is not enough budget to keep the attendant trackers or to to have a career Mm -hmm. uh, uh, growth uh, in academia and that brings a lot of stress because you're competing against your own colleagues yes um and i think um for uh, for the, the the PhD students, uh, uh, yeah, uh, that for example that I supervise, uh, I think it's important. It was very important for me to to uh, take the courses that uh, that are offered uh, to us to know what, how to be a better management, uh, better manager, uh, better leader, mm-hmm. and uh, that helps a lot to understand because. Uh, it's quite a change in a career when you go from a postdoc uh, into a professor position to yeah. an assistant professor position. You do uh, very little research yourself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now you're more of a manager and we are not trained for that no. at all. Exactly. Uh, so so what was the most important thing you learned there? I think uh, to learn how to... Uh, that it's not... A, a, a manager is not a, a one-size-fits-all uh, for for your PhD students, mm-hmm. you cannot treat them the same way because exactly. uh, yeah, they're different, very different personalities, and uh, which is good uh, to bring diversity to to academia. But uh, I yeah, I had to learn that 
Yeah, so, exactly. Uh, so actually see the person that is in front of you and what does this person need to thrive? Right? Exactly. Yeah. 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 Okay. Very good. <laughs> and uh, for you, and Hannah? Hannah? Yeah, I think um, uh, if you think about the issue of work pressure or uh, well, what we also may feel like uh, if you are in a, for instance, in a tenure track system and you have to perform and all these different things. So you need to publish very good papers and do international collaboration and get funding and all that stuff and teach. And I also see patients. Um, it's, it's, it's a pretty heavy task yeah. to do everything very well. Um, but, uh, well, I try, at least that's for my own uh, well-being, I try to do what I like most and what I'm good at um, and then accept that I'm not great in everything, mm -hmm. uh, but also to keep in mind that I want to stay here uh, sort of working hap happily and healthy for for another 30 years. Mm -hmm. It's just like I try to see that in the long term and sometimes I feel that, uh, well, the whole com uh, competition and so will... Yeah, forces people into this mindset that uh, they need to work every weekend and every evening, and uh, I don't think that uh, would work for me. No, exactly. Mm. Um, so, yeah. and and this is this also something that you tell your PhD students? Do absolutely. You? Yeah, absolutely. I say right to the right away to them. I don't expect you to work in the weekends. I don't expect you to work at night. I don't actually want you to work at night. I mean, they are of course they are flexible if they like to work. Uh, a bit later hours. I mean, yeah, that's yeah, what exactly. I also like is the freedom to decide that for mm -hmm. yourself, what you also refer yeah. to, Karen. And so I also give them that uh, freedom, of course. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I, I really want them also to be happy and healthy because uh, I think that's that's the best thing anyway. I mean, <laughs> I'm a medical doctor, so that's my main mm -hmm. goal. Yeah. But it's also better for research. That's my yeah. uh, my conviction. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. So I'm gl very glad to hear this because that would be actually that would be my two points to supervisors: see the person that is in front of you and what he or she needs, because that differs from one person to another, especially with all the international students, and also to really tell them to keep a healthy work-life balance. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, that was uh, a pleasure to have you as guests. So thank you very much. Well, thank you for inviting thank me. You. <laughs> yeah, I think we learned a lot about mental health at the university. Yeah. So yeah, thank you. Good. And thank you for listening to this episode of Humans of Rug by the Young Academy Groningen. Be sure to tune in to the next and please subscribe for free on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, for example. All the best from Hanna van Loo. Bye. And Marcos Guimaraes. Bye.